All right, it's November 28th, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit podcast, here to talk about a random comic. So, full disclosure, I am out of town this week with no access to my own comics collection, so I am randomly picking books from the Marvel and DC comic services that I subscribe to. So today's pick is Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 34, published by Marvel Comics, September 1979, 36 pages with a cover price of 40 cents. We've got a great cover by Al Milgram and the creative team for this for this issue. We've got Bill Mantlo writing, Jim Mooney pencils, Frank Springer on inks, George Russo's did the colors, Jim Novak lettered it. Al Milgram was also the editor and the editor-in-chief was the infamous Jim Shooter. Now just a little bit of background on this issue. There's this piece of technology called the Enervator, which was invented with good intentions in mind, but it's been nothing but bad news for Dr. Kurt Connors and Spider-Man. This time around, the machine turned an everyday iguana into a hulking man-sized reptile. In response, Connors used the machine to turn himself into the lizard to combat him. So that's where we are when this issue picks up. We have Spider-Man dangling over the side of Kurt Connors' high-rise home in the clutches of the iguana. The lizard is just moments away from giving a beatdown on his reptilian brother. Once the lizard climbs to the top of the balcony, it lunges towards the iguana, causing the oversized reptile to drop Spider-Man from its hold to the street below. As the two go at it on the, at the top of the high-rise, Spider-Man swings back up to the balcony and figures that helping the lizard would be his best bet. Spider-Man throws a potted plant at the iguana and then webs up both the iguana and the lizard's mouth. As the battle rages on, neither one really pays too much attention to Spider-Man's intervention. Eventually, the lizard catches a glimpse of his wife, Martha. Martha! Why'd you say that name? Watching from the penthouse window. Martha calls out to her husband's alter ego, Kurt, and he recognizes the wife's voice. This moment gives the savage iguana a chance to blindside the lizard, sending him tumbling off the balcony. Spider-Man then sees the same opportunity, so he simultaneously kicks the iguana from the balcony as well, and then makes himself a spider parachute and gently follows the two reptiles as they tumble to the street below. They hit the ground so hard that they blow through the sidewalk and into the city sewer system. Spider-Man follows them, but sees no sign of either one. After a round of <laughs> semi-amusing quips with the stunned doorman, Spider-Man races back up to the Connors' penthouse and tries to console Mrs. Connors. Spider-Man explains that the innovator is what caused this whole mess to begin with, and Martha herself recalls how strange and distant her husband has been over the past few months. As the conversation goes on, Spider-Man figures out exactly how to solve everything. He promises Martha and their son, Billy, that not only will he bring Kurt back home, but that he may possibly be cured of becoming the lizard forever. 
Martha has her doubts, but son Billy recalls that Spider-Man's always kept his word to them. Knowing that the Enervator is the key, Spider-Man swings back to Empire State University, changes out of his spider suit into civvies from his locker. As he races towards Connor's research lab, he runs headlong into Professor Sloan. Sloan uh, compliments Peter for his diligence and work, you know, coming in early. And what he was hoping Peter didn't see was the human skeleton lying in his office. Peter did not see this, and once he has gone his own way, Sloan claims that whatever he is experimenting on will make him the most famous biophysicist alive. Meanwhile, in Connor's lab, Peter deconstructs the innervator and builds it again as a portable device. As he puts the finishing touches on the portable innervator, Marcy Kane barges in and scolds Peter for skipping out on assisting on one of Dr. Sloan's lectures. Sloan himself happens to overhear the conversation and actually in, and again praises Peter for coming in early to do work, excuses him, and then actually requests that Marcy insist him instead. This infuriates Marcy, who thinks that Peter is wasting his time in grad school. Pete has no time to change Marcy's mind about him, though. Soon he is back on the roof, changed back into Spider-Man, and he's got the portable innovator strapped to his back. After hours of swinging around the city in search of both the lizard and the iguana, Spider-Man's spider sense brings him to the water purification plant by the East River. Lowering deeper into the into the waterworks of the plant, Spider-Man shines his spider signal. I always love that, the spider light on his belt. He, so he shines his spider signal in hopes of bringing his en- enemies out into the open. The iguana is the first on the scene as he grabs Spider-Man and throws him down to the ground. As the iguana and Spider-Man tangle, the lizard lurks underwater behind Spider-Man and grabs him by the leg. So now it seems like the iguana and the lizard are working together. Once the two reptile men are close enough to be captured by the innervator's rays, Spider-Man pushes a button and zaps them both. The lizard changes back into Kurt Connors, but the iguana boasts that he feels more powerful than ever. So powerful, in fact, that he eventually spontaneously combusts, and with a bright blast, the iguana is gone forever. Spider-Man then explains that he used the portable innervator to zap all of the lizard's life force that was left within Connors and siphoned it into the iguana. Clearly, the power was too much for the iguana to hold it all, and it resulted in the creature's demise. Spider-Man also comforts Connors with the fact that since all of the lizard's energy was transported into the iguana, the lizard should be dead and gone forever as well. The book ends with an overjoyed Dr. Kurt Connors who believes to finally be free of his nightmare, and then we see a tiny little iguana crawling around in the foreground. Dun-dun-dun! And just a quick note of interest, this issue, the letters page had a letter in there from a young Kurt Busiek, future comics writer for Marvel, DC, and more. So that was pretty cool. So that's all for Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 34, and for this episode of Daily Spinner Rack. Make sure to visit every day for a new review of a random back issue. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.